0: Can I get a Pooch Daddy Saison? You guys got any Blue Caboose barley wine?
1: One Doppelganger Doppelbuck? Can I get an arrogant bastard?
0: Can I get a pompous asshole?
2: Can I get a dickhead neighbor who doesn't respect property lines and keeps growing his hedges on my side of the fence despite numerous emails and a surveyor that came out from City Hall to delineate my property boundaries? White glass, please. Hey, yeah, can I just get a pale ale? A stale ale. Christian Bale Ale.
0: (laughs) Can I get a baby dick Belgian white?
2: It's a very light lager, but it's served in a urine sample cup. That
0: is a really good Black
2: History Month beer. I'll take a Bud Light. Get the f*** out of my bar, dude. What the hell is that? What would you say? You do here? weekly dose.
0: Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy.
1: Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you.
2: Your midweek download destination.
1: I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Look, Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing
0: guy.
2: It's Stones weekly dose. No.
0: to don't get drunk and have drunk people on a podcast and annoy people. I mean, I mean, don't die. I'm sorry. Don't die. Welcome in to the Stone On Air podcast, a weekly dose for August 29th after a week off. I just couldn't fit it in. It was too busy last week. Wide open this week and have a fun show put together. Lots of good put together production. It makes me excited. It makes me happy to come to work, quote unquote, if you will. And more on that as I get into what the bulk of this first segment will be, which will be about my dear friend Jeff Styles and his predicament he's in now and how important some things like production are. And so what I mean by that is just, you know, in advance I got together all the elements done. So when I can walk in here on Tuesday, I can just hit go. I just sit down at the desk at the little mini studio I have built here and I just hit go. And then I just start hitting buttons and I just start talking. I don't have to do anything else and it makes it so easy and it makes it so much fun. When you have to do all those things at the same time and all in one night, it becomes a nightmare because it's a lot of damn work. Because production is very very I'm not going to say difficult like nobody can do it, but it does it, within, you know, the relative nature of what it is, it is pretty difficult and it's time consuming if nothing else. So I got all that, that out of the way early on, almost like you know I was the producer yesterday, and I'm the on-air show talent today. Again, I'm, I'm just kind of making this up as I go. It'll make a little bit more sense when I lay out what I'm talking about with Jeff. Uh, I'll get to the the, uh, the menu of the the first. It'll be a four-segment show today, and I will lay that out in just a minute. First, I just want to say right off the top, uh, the Rail and Hops Brewers Festival was fantastic. Fantastic. I was worried that it was not going to go over well because it was put together rushed because it was this this late real realization that the Southern Brewers Festival wasn't going to happen after 21 whatever odd years. It is. I did get into 25. I don't even know however many years it was a long damn time. I mean, I was on a fake I.D. drinking of that damn thing. And so Monica and the people over the choo choo tried to put together uh, something to supplement that day. Uh, the, the, the schedule for entertainment overall was light. It was the week before college football, and it was a day that most people were used to drinking craft beer in the summer in the southeast, in Tennessee, in Chattanooga. And so it was rushed, and I was worried because first-time events can always be dicey. And I'm sure there was some fires. And I'm sure there was some disarray and some confusion. But overall, from a user's experience, it was so much fun not a lot of lines. Not You didn't have to wait for any lines for tokens because it was an all-inclusive tasting. And it yes, indeed was a tasting. It was a small little glass you got, but you fill the damn thing up as many times as you want. The music was great. Me and the Brew Chat guys were out there, uh, set up with a great setup. Had a boxing matchup on a a, a projection screen over on the by the rail cars. Uh, it was just so much fun. And I really really hope that they come close to getting to a dollar amount that they were hoping for. And keep this thing an annual event. What I learned, though, was that putting together a podcast on-site at a brewer's festival is a bad idea. You know when you're going to a party or to uh, any kind of event where people are generally going to be drinking? and, And I liken it a little bit more to like a house party, like when you're younger. And, um, and not like kids. I'm just talking about when this is, that's the kind of thing you would do more often. And you get there late, like three hours after it starts, maybe four hours after it starts and everybody's drunk or their, their intoxication levels are, you know, at a certain level and you're sober. Yeah. That's annoying. That actually really sucks. And most people try their best to stay away from that scenario. When I got home and, and uh, took the day off Sunday, as far as just checked out and laid around, did nothing all day. Went through some stuff, watched some TV, mindless, you know, just throwaway day. I was gonna put the podcast together from that we recorded uh, that night before, and I started listening to it and um, and going through to edit it. And I I um, to me that's what that screamed of. This sounded like uh, I'm inviting a sober person to come to a party where a bunch of people are drunk and hoping that you are entertained by it. And I didn't like that, and I scrapped it. I don't usually do that. But it just didn't make sense to me, especially because of how many the radio station Alt 987 that I'm there 3 to 7 Monday through Friday. I had we had such a strong presence out there and I had so many conversations with listeners who were just so um, so engaged and interested and want you know, and, and, and were just kind of loving on the station and saying they listened. And, and I was, I really had a lot was flattered by all that. And so I was telling a lot of strangers about this podcast I do. And I got to thinking as I'm looking through it on or digging through it and listening to it on Sunday, is this what I want people who have never heard before to hear for the very first time? I don't think that it is. Now it wasn't awful, terrible, disgusting, none, none of that. It was just, it was a really loud, and it was a lot of drunkenness, and I just didn't want that to be a first impression for people. And I'm not in the business of creating bad content. I'm not in the business of of posting and distributing um, of worthless, worthless audio, worthless content. I think in the end there was there was a few points uh, or portions of it that might have been worth hearing, but overall I think it was a loud, jumbled up. Uh, noise pollutioned, meaning lots of, I mean, I don't mind background noise, but we were real close to where the music was playing. I said, forget it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to invite sober people to a drunk party and hope that they have fun because the chances are they're not. Now, a lot of you out there that are regular listeners and know the people that I would have been on the show with and know the inside jokes, you'd laugh your ass off (laughs) because there was some, there was some, some stupidity there, some idiocy in a, in a funny way. But I think for the average person who just wants to hear some quality content, I I felt like I might turn more people off than turn on, so that's why that never happened. But I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not even kind of even thinking about it. I just don't like putting out crappy shows, and I thought it was a crappy show. So uh, there's the explanation for that. So coming up in the show today, segment two, John McCain died, and for some reason, I guess I just didn't realize a lot of people don't like him, and I can't quite understand that other than the lunacy. That is the world we live in and the world wide web and the emboldened emboldenedness that everybody has from, I don't know, people who are assholes on a big stage. Maybe I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But uh, I'll dig into some of that and my confused bewilderment about this disrespect for John McCain uh, and within seconds of his death. And we all knew he was going to die before he died because they they stopped the brain uh, cancer treatment. Uh, segment number three, I'm going to be post something out there that was going viral about using your cell phones at concerts, at live shows, and how it's so stupid. And I'm going to tell you how it's not stupid. And not only do I think you should do it, I encourage you to use your phone at a live show. I'll get into more of that in the third segment. And in the fourth segment, just a little brush up on the CFC and the Chattanooga Pro Soccer uh, I don't want to call it rivalry, but situation. I had more to go into this this week. I'll put more of a, a later as far as the financials and numbers. I ran out of time, but the pro soccer team is doing something that I think is absolutely ridiculous, and it is a gimmick, and it makes them look low rent and minor league, which I guess in the end that's what they are. We'll talk about that in the final segment of the show. So a lot of things got changed and derailed as is per usual on my schedule as far as how I approach the show and what topics I go with. Monday morning, the twenty seventh of August, Jeff Styles was fired from Talk Radio One oh two point three. And I've gone round and around on this. I made uh you know, I purposely made misleading posts and um, and comments about Jeff's situation because I well selfishly just wanted to pretty much get attention towards my way sorry to 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 use you jeff but that's what i was doing plus it, it was i thought good content and i wanted to i wanted to catch the people who didn't listen and only heard things hey guess what i heard man yeah well did you listen do you actually know what you're talking about i exposed a lot of people for that that was kind of the point of that a few weeks back a month ago whatever it was but he has now been fired i again as i've said on other podcasts in the past I'm going to assume you know this story. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to reset it all because this is not a radio show. It's a podcast. You surely already know all that or you wouldn't be listening right now. So he's been fired. And in one way, I feel terrible for him because he's my friend and I love him. And I don't want those, you know, I don't want any bad things to happen to people that I love. In another hand, I think it's great because I hate talk radio beyond belief, WGOW, the fraud monster. And uh, yeah, call me petty. Call me call me bitter guy. Call me whatever you want to call me. Um, I forgive. I never forget. And I haven't f- forgiven this either until the people that are, well, a couple anyway, that were responsible for my situation are gone. I will never um, stop telling everybody who wants to listen that I think that they're amateurs and uh, and, and they're just eroding before our eyes and ears. That's their death warrant. I mean, they're done. Yeah, they'll hemorrhage for a little while. they'll uh, they'll tread water for a little while. they'll be able to, you know, just kind of slowly keep it bobbing just above the the water level, but it's long term. it's just not a viable situation they have over there. And I'm sorry to be a dick about it. I get joy out of that. But what is Jeff going to do next? And whatever it is, I would like to be involved. We he called me last week. And I was so covered up in my stupid work week last week. This is not one of those, oh, I'm so busy, I couldn't get to the phone. I had a six-day stretch that ended at Rail and Hops that was ridiculous. Now, it was also very profitable, not complaining, I'm just saying. It was a go to work, go to sleep, eat, go to work, go to sleep, eat for six days. I couldn't take a phone call, I didn't have time. And so we traded some text messages and the context was off because we weren't talking enough for me to understand everything he was saying. And I've texted with uh, Rebecca, his wife, saying, "Hey, tell Jeff to just tell me a good time to get a hold of him. And hopefully, we can talk here pretty soon." But he's got his website, Jeff Styles America. I think it's a great name. Jeff Styles America is a great name. And uh, that in the name of the podcast he's now has three. I listened to the first one. You know, I broke it down here a few weeks ago, and um, and showed my concern for some of it. I haven't listened to the next two. And the honest reason why. Is because I don't listen to podcasts generally. I mean, I, I do here and there, like when I travel, or if I've got an hour to cut the grass, um, if I'm uh, cleaning up that's going to be extensive, like I'm going to clean up and dust and and vacuum and all those in a room, then I'll have it on for an hour. But I don't just sit around and listen to podcasts just randomly through the day. I listen to radio shows. I listen to Atlanta sports radio in the afternoon, Nashville radio in the afternoon. I like radio. I don't listen to podcasts unless it really intrigues me. And the rest of this story from Jeff, while it intrigues me because I'm curious as to how it turns out, from an entertainment standpoint, it doesn't intrigue me all that much. I was mainly concerned, do you keep your job at WGOW or not? And if you don't, then what? Now let's talk. Now let's, now let's discuss some things. I'm less concerned about the road rage incident. You know, rednecks getting mad at each other on the road doesn't bother me all that much. It's not that big a deal. Everybody's okay. Everybody's safe. Everybody's alive. So leading up until the point when he got fired on Monday, I knew that he couldn't work with me because I'm toxic to, to G.O.W. And if he were to work with me to for production, going back, this is what I mentioned from the front end, talking about production, if he were to come to me and ask to help him, well, then he is totally burning this bridge because he's now going against his lawyer's advice, which we all can gotta guess is is true that no lawyer would have okayed these podcasts. I mean, they can't make him do it or not do it, and and that and he's got the guy who constantly tells everybody how much he hates the talk station, for helping him produce it. Like he can't do that. That's that's suicide. That's a, that's occupational suicide. So I get that. But now that's gone. Now that's done. And so now my only thoughts are, how can I work with Jeff to best utilize him and to best utilize me? And I'm again, selfish guy over here. This is, this is not all about my good buddy, love him to death, Jeff. This is also about me. How can, how can I make this work for both of us? And I'm hoping in the in the near future to be able to have those real conversations with Jeff. He needs to, to start generating revenue. He needs to make good content. He needs to make, uh, he needs to make something that people are not only going to listen to once or twice or three times, listen to all the time. And just turn on a microphone and having some what t- to me sounds like amateurs put together some little weird sounds and some kind of odd directed kind of narrative is not a way to get listeners and keep them. Go with what you know, do with what you do well. And right now, I believe he is in an environment that is not allowing him to do that. Now, the first few shows, big deal. Doesn't matter. That The main point of those three podcasts is to get his message out there, whatever he's trying to do. I don't know if he was trying to save his job and his freedom, or both, or some kind... I don't know what his overall motivation was, and I don't really care. It doesn't really matter it's to this specific point that I'm making right now. What Jeff needs, if he wants to make content for a living, if he wants to go forward and and create listenable audio that is available on a consistent, timed-out, real basis, with real direction, real production, focus, and preparation... I can do that for him. I can do that with him, and we can sing together incredibly. I can make Jeff sound as good as he's ever sounded before, but it's going to take a real concentrated effort between me, him, and whoever else he's already started as far as his webmaster. Again, I don't know who these people are. I and I, I think the website's fine. Uh, it's a little overkill on some of the um, on some of it, I would say, but it's fine. There's nothing wrong with the website. And I haven't listened to the other two podcasts. And those production values don't matter going forward. Those were just, here, I'm back after two and a half months. Listen to this as I tell you what happened. I'm Jeff. I always tell everybody, if you're innocent, get out there and scream it that you're innocent. And that's exactly what he did. Good for him. He's authentic. He's not a fraud. He's not a liar. And that's why he doesn't need to be working for the company full of frauds and liars, Cumulus Chattanooga. I think this is going to be good for him. I would never say this to him out loud because I didn't want people telling me that as they did. Well, this might be the best thing that ever happened to you when I got fired in June of 16. Piss off, man. Piss off. I don't want to hear any of that mess. Getting fired wasn't the best thing that ever happened to me. So I wouldn't say that out loud to anybody, but I think this is good for him. But he's got to have focus, dedication, and and assistance. And I can do that. I can do that. Um, I just I don't know what he wants to do. Does he want to do a show every day that we release mid morning, that people come, become used to for an hour every day, just Jeff's thoughts on the passing parade, just like he's been doing for 25 years, bro? We can do that right now. We can do that, but it's gonna take a business plan, a salesman, and uh, and and not showing up two minutes before the show starts. Like Jeff was kind of infam- infamously known for, uh, because he was so good and he was the quarterback of his environment, he could show up 30 seconds before the show-, show started, and we didn't miss a beat. This isn't that, and he needs somebody to tell him this and be very forceful and very um, and very critical at times if he's if he doesn't understand it, and to try to make sure that we are all on the same page and we understand. Podcast, not radio. Radios, not podcast. And it took me, it's still taking me time. It's taken me two years to figure this out. I once upon a time thought, you can't go over 30 minutes. That's crazy. Then now I'm up to 45 minutes. You can't go over 45 minutes. Now I'm up to 60 minutes. But because the production levels change and the way I started to layer things out, I I think maybe 60 is good. It just depends on what you're doing, what your purpose is, who you're looking for, who your audience is, what your advertisers want. These are all really, really important questions that need to be addressed very, very in-depthly with incredible, intense seriousness. And this could turn into a real, viable business and revenue-generating opportunity. It's not my opinion. It happens all over the country difference is, is we don't have a budget or anybody behind us backing us up, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. I don't know if Jeff's ever listened to a podcast I've ever done. My guess is he has not. That's fine. Not, not concerned or upset about that at all. But my advice is no matter what happens going forward, talk to me. Let me help you at least give you an understanding of, of what you're about to get yourself into. Because while I'm not the expert, I am one of the closer to experts in this city from creating consistent, downloadable content. In 2016, there was about five podcasts in this city. 2018 going nearly to 2019, every asshole walking around with an iPhone and an Android thinks they have a podcast. And I'm not meaning to be demeaning. You do you. I'll do me. Jeff does Jeff. It's all good. But there's a difference between amateurs and professionals and Jeff is the ultimate professional when it comes from a content uh, just mind, and I am the ultimate professional when it comes to the understanding of the layout of the spoken word format. I say it all the time, broken record here on me, some few things I always uh, reset and reiterate. I'm not good at much, allow me to boast at the few things I am good at. You would be a fool if you're wanting to get into this and you don't want my at least consultation. And I would be honored to be involved with anything that Jeff Styles does. And I hope we talk soon. And I believe, at the bottom of my heart, that we will. And good things are coming for Jeff Styles. Coming up next, John McCain. Uh, for some reason, lots of people dislike him, and that doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me. And I'll explain why. Coming up next.
1: Strange proof.
2: Stone On Air, coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At These are John's words. We weaken our greatness when we confuse our patriotism with tribal rivalries that have sown resentment and hatred and violence in all the corners of the globe. We weaken it when we hide behind walls rather than tear them down. When we doubt the power of our ideals rather than trust them, to be the great force for change they have always been. We are 325 million opinionated, vociferous individuals. We argue and compete, and sometimes even vilify each other in our raucous public debates. But we have always had so much more in common with each other than in disagreement. If only we remember that and give each other the benefit of the presumption that we all love our country, we will get through these challenging times. We will come through them stronger than before. We always do. Do not despair of our present difficulties. We believe always in the promise and greatness of America. Because nothing is inevitable here. Americans never quit, we never surrender, we never hide from history, we make history. Farewell, fellow Americans. God bless you, and God bless America.
0: That was a longtime aide of John McCain reading his farewell letter after they discontinued the brain cancer treatment just the other day. We spoke this is new we Death Cab for Cutie and I am in love with it. It's called, I Dreamt We Spoke Again. My first real memories of uh, John McCain Started in the um, the primaries of the uh, and before the primaries, the lead up to the primaries, campaigns of the 2008 election. I was just starting to work at the aforementioned talk radio 102.3 radio station, that once highly esteemed and credible, and highly listened to, and highly profitable radio organization and i started to work there every day in the mornings with jeff and jr and kevin and wally wachowski and god it was fun it was so fun it was a joy to go to work every day i mean it sucked getting up at five o'clock in the morning but i was 27 you know years old 27 28 years old uh i could sleep for three hours and go to work and then power nap and just uh just a different time a different time it feels like a lifetime ago though it was just 10 11 and maybe closer to 12 years 12 years ago but uh, i mean when i first started doing that gig but uh so i'm there every day we're talking election and of course i remember the 04 election somewhat but i didn't follow all the primaries i was 24 years old i didn't give a damn about any of that i only only thing i remember from the 2000 election vividly is all the post stuff right the hanging chads and all that that's what first grabbed my attention as a, as a, basically a child, you know, a kid, a kid, 20 years old. Whoa, what is this? This is interesting. And then, you know, by 04 and you got a lot, you know, different time and then by 08 there, uh, it's late six into seven and then into the, uh, the 2008 election. And so John McCain was so far behind, so far behind. There was no chance this guy, the maverick, there's no chance this guy was going to be able to come out of this pack. And then all of a sudden, he just makes a push into the uh, spring and summer of 08 and and boom he's he's this uh, comeback kid the comeback guy and then you start learning all the stories and the vietnam prisoner of war stuff and won't get into all that because if you don't know about any of that then i don't then you're not listening to this <laughs> Well, i have a i have a very smart listenership we we are all somewhat on the same page so there's no reason to reset all that and so there's a lot of reason to gain a lot of respect for this man. And then there's Obama, who nobody knows anything about. And back then, not having experience for uh, to be a president was a really big deal to people. Now, uh, just elect any old asshole who says they want to be president. But so that was a that was a fun time in my life being able to follow this guy. And I remember thinking, this is a great. We're in a great situation here. We are in a great situation. We're going to get a a quality human being as a president. It would appear. No matter what happens, and of course, I'm all caught up in the in the "Yes, we can" movement, and uh, you know, the social media wasn't a thing for everybody then. It was just for us that were there. For that was probably my fifth or sixth year into social media, and that was a big part of why Obama won that election. And um, I just, I just loved it. it was just such a fun time, and uh, just garnered so much respect for John McCain. Now, I've only skimmed through some of the things throughout the course of his life that people have problems with. And I'm not even going to go, I'm not going to go slumming in those waters because the main point towards the tail end of this segment is we're all a bunch of assholes. Everybody walking around is. And we all can be pretty awful at times. And But most of us don't have the worldwide attention on us as we do it. And I can put that in perspective and realize how important that is. If every stupid piece of bleep that you and me and everybody else walking around was was ever put out there for everybody to know, yeah, they wouldn't have a very high opinion of you or I either. So I don't I don't put a lot of time and thought and into that. Just enough to know what John McCain went through in in Vietnam is enough for me to to never really lose any respect for the guy. And I'm gonna play a little bit of audio here in a minute. But it was it was remarkable to me that um the response that was coming from not just my uh, my social media because it was very little. I don't do pl- I don't do political social media on Facebook virtually ever. I'm, if you don't pay close attention, you might not realize that you might think that I do because you would expect me to. I really don't. I promote the show, I promote this podcast, and I talk about the Braves. That's that's about all I do on Facebook. Now watch out on Twitter. Watch out on Twitter. I never shut up on Twitter, but most of you aren't there, and most people don't care what anybody puts on Twitter. Uh, Except for one guy. But I got a little bit of response and I just thought, really? Is that really where we're going right now? It was right after he died. I just put hashtag McCain was one of the good guys. That's it. That's, That's the specific post. Hashtag McCain was one of the good guys. And I'll get to some of those responses here in a second. But it just seems like where we're at with the emboldened nature of an asshole who's leading the world. If you like, if you're a Republican and you're you're into, you know, you would rather Trump than Hillary or whatever. I'm not trying to. Don Trump's an asshole, right? Nobody can deny that. Now, whether the conservative nature of some of this policy is working for people, that's not what this is about. But everybody's kind of an asshole, and just for so, all these years. At least my generation, it feels like generations prior, were, were raised that you had to have some shame. You had to be shameful at times to check yourself. You had to dial it down or at least try your best. And it's like that filter's gone. That filter's done. Screw everybody else. I'm just going to say whatever I feel like. Why? Oh, well, because I'm, I'm seeing it happen around me. If it can happen on TV at the press briefing, why can't it happen here? And you know what the biggest part of this is? Think about this. Children, what are they? They're impressionable. Why are children impressionable? Because their brains have not completely developed yet. They, they're, they're, they're technically brain damaged. It's so underdeveloped. So they're, imp- they're impressionable to everything they see. They soak it in like a sponge. They see somebody say something, they say it later they they hear somebody say these things over and over again and all of a sudden now they're saying these same opinions they're just they're parrots just they'll just repeat what they hear why because their brain can't function and and have critical thought and create their own thoughts that's what children do well unfortunately a large percentage of the 325 million people in this country never quite grow out of that underdeveloped portion of their brain and they just hear things and they're impressionable And what do they see? They see a man who doesn't care about it. He'll say whatever he feels like. Uh, Who cares about the of guests? So will I, damn it. And that's, I believe, mixed with the braveness that social media has brought on us, the mental health issues that social media is creating for everybody, young and old. This is not a kids are having problem with social media only. This is an adult. Everybody's having trouble with this. And everybody is now emboldened to just say whatever they feel like and there no, there's no shame there. And the problem is with shame, it's kind of like making somebody care, you know, apathy and all those kinds of things. You can't make somebody care and you can't make somebody feel shameful if they're never ashamed. You remember back in the 2008 campaign for President of the United States of America, John McCain, Senator from Arizona, was the nomination, and he was at a uh, campaign stop of some kind, and a woman in the crowd had something to say about President Obama that he did not agree with, and he corrected her.
1: I can't trust Obama. I I, I have read about him, and he's not, he's not, he's a, um, he's an Arab. He is not... No, 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 ma'am, no, ma'am. He's a, he's a, he's a decent
0: family man, citizen that I just happen to have disagreements with. That's that simple. No, that's not true. I'm not going to let you let other people think something isn't true. That's as bad as of a lie, Uh, as bad as a lie. A lot of people uh, don't really think about this from this direction. I do a lot because occasionally when things don't matter, I'll let you think something that isn't true, but in the end, That's still a lie. It's deception. Even if you don't lie straight up and say, I'm going to say something that's not true, allowing other people to believe something that isn't true is the same kind of deception as a lie. And I've got no reason to believe that John McCain is a liar. Just after being diagnosed with brain cancer at the end of last year he was on with the view the television show talking about that time back in 2008
1: i think the important thing about the dialogue in america today is it's lost respect for the views of our those who disagree this has got to stop we've got to be respectful of one another's views. and and have a dialogue that's based on truth and not on allegations. And and when someone says he's a Muslim and he wasn't born in, a, in America, you can't let that go. You uh-huh. just got to do what's what's right.
0: That's John McCain just at the end of last year. On that show, his daughter is, I don't know if she's a frequent uh, guest or a contributor or an host. I don't know. I don't watch The View. I wouldn't watch it if it was filmed in my backyard or my living room or my kitchen. But she was on the show, and she asked her father a question. You
1: have had such a long career. Do you have any regrets? Have we got a couple hours? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Many, many regrets. But when you're in the arena and you try to do the right thing, Many times you don't do the right thing. And every day I make a mistake. But you learn from it and you try to move on. You just got to do better the next time knowing that you have to learn from the things that you have done wrong.
0: When I found that, I was so thrilled because it's so simple and it's so um, easy. It's, it, anybody can just kind of come up with that. It's not like you had some kind of amazing revelation there. But we are living amongst uh, a portion of the society, maybe it's generational, I don't really know, maybe it's v- bigger than generational, the no regrets society, I've been, I've been screaming this and so pissed off at this notion for for since I was very young, I've been saying that, what do you mean no regrets? Live without regrets, who the hell are you, punk? I I, I do regrettable things on a damn near daily basis and just to spin this and I know it's not sometimes it's not totally literal it's more of an ideological overall world view well you know you don't want to go missing out on stuff that's not what I'm talking about doing it being adventurous and doing things that you getting outside of your comfort zone is one thing and then there's also one running around thinking that even if you screw up it's no big deal because live without regrets bro I hate that. I hate that. And we got a generation, again, maybe it's bigger than just a generation, a society that thinks that, ah, yeah, what the hell, it doesn't matter. So on this uh, thread on my Facebook page, it said, hashtag McCain, he was one of the good guys. First response is, really? Question mark. My next one is yes. And then okay. Tanner says, good or bad, a human has deceased. Grow up. JW says, just one of 7.6 billion. I just hope he can be forgotten soon. We need a fucking flood, super volcano, or meteor. Fuck humans. Gala says, yes, he was. John said, said no one ever. Meaning John McCain was one of the good guys. Said no one ever. I had, my next response was hashtag confused. Ian says, the only Republican I always supported. Frederick, again, hashtag McCain is one of the good guys. Was he? Question mark. Susie says, Jesus Christ, can people let the man die without dragging out every fucking thing he did wrong? Shake my damn head. And then my good friend, Ernie Dempsey, says, anyone who's never done anything wrong, feel free to beat the guy's legacy to death. We've all been wretched at one point or another. And I thought that was a great, great response because I was thinking about something along those lines Earlier that day, when I was looking at a post that just popped up in my feed from somebody I didn't know and was only there because, and I'm not friends with on the site, on Facebook proper, and it was only there because one of my other friends, who turns out is a Trump bro, who is still my friend, but he's a Trump bro all the way, because he liked something it showed me the damn thread. And after the Madden shooting in Jacksonville, and I, you know I've talked about how sh- these mass shootings, if they don't have anything to do with stuff that I'm into, they don't emotionally get to me, so I'm not going to spend a segment on it. I'm never going to get shot at a, a video game conference. But they were making jokes about playing Madden and getting shot and shooting each other because they were mad at it. It, was, it. was It was stupid. It was gross. And I was like, God, what is this? This just happened, and you've got a whole thread of making fun of it? I mean, just do it in around a round of beers in the backyard if you want, man. But you're putting this out there, see, and I immediately uh, just deleted it or, or banned or not banned it, whatever I did to make it go away. Now, I didn't do that because I didn't agree with it and didn't want to see it anymore as much as I didn't know who this person were. We were not even friends. Like, just get this dreck and this clutter out of my way. I wish I, I didn't do that so I could have printed it and read to you exactly what they said. But that brought me back around when I saw Ernie's post about saying we've all been wretched at some point. And it it appears these days there's just a lot of wretched assholes everywhere. That was so disgusting, that thread about just making fun of the guns and video games and stuff, right after it happened. And I'm all about making light of things and making jokes about stuff. You know, too soon, right? The old saying, oh, is that too soon? You know, pushing those boundaries. I can find humor in tragedy just not the day after it happens my God where why have we lost all sense of humility and shamefulness it's just not there anymore and it was already coming before two years ago I'm not I might you might be thinking I'm insinuating that this is all because of Trump no 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 not even kind this is already happening. This is a be careful what you wish for thing on my end. I have been wanting you know, a nihilistic approach to things, a libertarian to all degrees kind of thing. You do you, I'll do me, and piss off everybody else. I've been saying that and thinking that my whole damn life. And as soon as I start to see it, I don't really like what I see. I, I now think very much that it is a be careful what you wish for. I don't want people to care about stuff. Don't care about smoking weed. Don't care about gambling don't care about prostitution don't care about uh religion don't care about all these things and as soon as everybody stops caring about it i look around and i don't really like what i see and i'll leave it at that for right now this is stone on air podcast do whatever do, every wednesday your download destination i appreciate you guys being here coming up next be a couple of short segments uh facebook and social media and the sharing of what you are videoing on your phones in particular concerts and live shows and while i'm not only saying you should do it i'm encouraging it because everybody's doing it already anyway i'll get to that coming up next
2: I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. We know that engagement with social media and our cell phones releases a chemical called dopamine. That's why when you get a text, it feels good. Dopamine is the exact same chemical that makes us feel good when we smoke, when we drink, and when we gamble.
1: In other words, it's highly, highly addictive. This is a song about... Thursday night with my baby We went to a concert We walked hand in hand We paid 60 bucks a piece To see our favorite band When the band came out The crowd let out a roar Seeing them was not enough I had to do more
0: So this was all over Facebook the other day And I mean it's a really good harmony and overall put together song, but, but it's also it's 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 a cheap thrill, is what it is. It's a cheap social media posting thrill, and I'll
2: explain why in a
1: minute. And say this night is totally chill He's so glad he got this shot After 13 beers Instead of enjoying it With his own eyes and ears
0: Come back to that part right there Instead of enjoying it right, we'll go ahead and just go from there. So this started circulating around on all the social medias, and it's a funny little neat video, but it is what I would consider a social media uh, cheap thrill. It's it's not, while there's certain truths to it, it's overall not that factual or accurate, I should say. Not not factual, but not accurate, because the people who are posting this and trying to quote-unquote make a point are the same people who actually already do this. And everybody does it. And and I'm not discouraging it. Now, the jack nut that puts his phone up in the air and holds it around like drunk and waving it for 10, 20 minutes or whatever. Of course that guy's an idiot. But if it weren't that, he'd have a lighter up in the air, he'd have his dick in his hand, or he'd have you know, he'd be doing something else to annoy you. This this is taking the idea that if you pull your phone out while you're watching a show. You're somehow ruining the experience. And if you do it strategically, I've talked about it in, in certain segments of the show over time. But if, if you do it strategically and do it respectfully, I not only condone it, I, I absolutely encourage it. I mean, my friend Eric was at uh, the Dead & Company, or not not the Dead & Company, they were there, but at uh, Lock-In the other day. And he had several posts of 30-second clips, 20-second clips, 40-second clips. Of panic and uh, 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 why am I blanking on trucks? Uh, Derek Trucks and Tedeschi and pa- and whoever else. And I thought it was awesome. I love seeing that stuff on social media. Uh, especially on the stories now that uh, luckily Instagram has stolen dipshit Snapchat's only feature worth a damn, the stories feature and burying in that disgustingly stupid social media that nothing good comes out of Snapchat. But so now that everybody is on the Instagram stories, that's fun, man. I like to see that six, seven, eight seconds of a show um, with a, with, a a pretty good shot from the angle that my friend or my you know somebody I know my coworker, whoever it is is at my friend Molly was at Smashing Pumpkins and and made a a special effort to keep the phone still for 30-45 seconds of a couple classic pumpkin songs and put it on Facebook I think she did a whole song once on Facebook live I watched the whole damn thing and so this narrative that oh nobody's watching that stuff you're just a fool. You're just a fool, man. You, you, you are you holding up your phone. You're not enjoying it. You're watching the th- show through your phone. Uh no, I'm not, dude. <laughs> I'm documenting my life the same way 30 years ago somebody would make a scrapbook. I'm uh I am I, or a slideshow from 30 years ago. This is a th- this is a virtual 21st century way of showing you my vacation without making you sit on my couch and watch it when you don't want to do it. You you voluntarily come here to look at this and they come in droves because we are voyeuristic and we want to see what everybody else is doing. Oh my god, is the window's open? Is she naked in there? I mean, that's where that's how we are wired and operate especially in the social media age. I love it. I think Instagram is fun as it could be. I want to see what people are up to up to here recently. And I like how they've integrated the stories also with the regular posts. The posts never leave, the stories do. And it gives you a good glimpse of what somebody's doing. And if you're a friend of mine, colleague or whoever, and you're doing something that I'm interested in, I want to see it. And you're doing yourself a disservice to be the, huh. Oh, I'm putting my phone in my pocket and I'm not pulling it out the whole time. I'm not going to take any... Well, first of all, nobody's doing that. But if you did you would be a fool. Don't waste incredible moments by letting them evaporate into thin air. That's like the old concept of of radio before any kind of uh, archives or MP3 files in the ages of the last two decades. Radio was just something that happened. And once it was done, it was never heard of again. You'd never see it again. You'd never hear it again. It just evaporated into thin air. Now, for back in those days, that's what made it more appointment listening. That's not the point. The point is, don't let your event, don't let the thing that this incredible moment you're experiencing, don't let it evaporate into thin air. Share it with people. Let people live vicariously through you because they want to. They want to. When I go to Bonnaroo, there are people not because they think I'm super awesome. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. That's not why they're doing it. There's people who do not have the opportunity to do such things, who want to see it through your eyes and are fascinated by it. I've never been to Lockin. I thought it was incredible to see some shots from Lockin. I loved it. Keep doing it. And the stupid little silly narrative of. Hey, you're not enjoying it. You're watching it through your phone. That's not what's happening. (laughs) I get it. It's harmless. None of this matters as far as from the reason that I brought all this up. It's not important. I totally get that. But I encourage everybody out there to take your phone and document your life. Just do it respectfully and do it creatively. That's the only thing I'd say that comes anywhere near to some kind of complaint. At least keep in mind... To consciously try to be creative about it because that'll just make people want to see it even more. On the way out of this segment, this is new music from the Decemberist. It's called Sucker's Prayer. Coming up next, the new Chattanooga pro soccer team has a stupid little contest thing going, and it's just that. It's stupid, and I'll get into that next.
1: I want
2: We'll be right back. This is
0: cool. StoneOnAir.com U.S. Soccer, the governing body of all things soccer in America,
1: determines what or what not can be a professional
0: soccer team, and in this case, professional soccer franchise. So U.S. Soccer says the first level or the first division in America, Major League Soccer, MLS, where Atlanta United plays and where Nashville will play the second level or the second tier is the USL
1: which is it's for lack of a better term division 2 that was G- a year, G- G- yeah so
0: the the voting actually the nominations end on the 29th we're we're pushing
2: almost 400 submissions now 400 submissions and there are some great ones and you know we felt like what what better way to get people invested in the team than help
0: pick the name because that's not a good way to do that that's a stupid way Nothing really matters. This is Tom Petty from the new box set coming out called An American Treasure in September. And it's just a bunch of rarities, demos, outtakes. And then they found this one song called, what is it? Jesus, why am I blanking? Oh, Keep a Little Soul. Keep a Little Soul, the one we're listening to right now. And uh, it's just a song sitting there he's never released before. And uh, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I mean, Tom Petty could read the phone book to me, and I'd sit there until he was finished, A to Z. One other thing I was going to mention is that, so I talked about it on the show that uh, I went five days without drinking a month ago and i was texting with this girl that i've had an on and off flirting relationship with it's just that nothing but flirting for probably in the neighborhood of 15 years maybe closer to 12 13 something like that used to work in uh radio here in uh in town back in those days over a decade ago and we were texting i was telling her about it she said she had dried out and quit drinking and she has a, a a baby now and she's single and she was like, "If you can go," and I was each day I was texting with her. She was almost kind of like support, if you will. And she was like, "It takes 28 days of sobriety from whatever it is you're trying to kick, whatever it is that 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 vice you have. It takes 28 days to get over all the withdrawals and the symptoms and all the all the whatever." And she said, "Go 28 days without drinking, and uh, we're going on a date, and I'm taking you out, and I'm buying, uh, and it's on me." And I was like, "Damn it." And actually, part of that was how I made it through that week because I have wanted to go out with this girl ever since the minute uh, that I met her. I won't tell you who she is. I, I've been—we're not great friends. We're only—we're only acquaintances who just flirt with each other every uh, quarter decade or so. And uh, I said, "We've well, given me a lot to think about," and uh, I'll get back to you on that. Well, 28 days would have been two days ago and uh, I'll revisit that idea and get more into some of those kinds of thoughts and conversations in the coming months to uh, into next year, and I'll leave that little long-term tease uh, right there on the table and walk away from it. So that was uh, on the front end of there. That was Sean McDaniel, from, formerly of CFC, now of the new Chattanooga Pro Soccer Team, which does not have a name, uh, and they're doing a contest to pick a team name through a submission on a website or something, which is just the dumbest idea ever. Now, they might get a good name out of it. They might not. I don't know. But it is my overall opinion that the general public does not have good creative ideas. That's the reason why we pay people lots of money, consulting firms, advertising agencies, and creative mind types to put together these kinds of things, logos, color schemes, team names, these kinds of deals. Sometimes consulting can be over-the-top ridiculous. The, the whole, hey, here, I'll, I'll pay you to take my watch and tell me what time it is. I get all that. There's certainly portions of that that is annoying and not legitimate and not accurate, but there's a whole bunch of creative people out there in the world of advertising, uh, slogan-building, brand-building, I've dealt with a lot of them. I know a lot of them. I related a lot of them. I work with a lot of them, and they serve a real purpose. And letting the general public name your your entity gets you things like The Signal. Now, this doesn't matter, and I don't want people to get mad at me because I I know and love the people involved with running the the local music venue here in Chattanooga, The Signal, over on the south side. Love the building. Love the room. Love everything about it. Please, please. Don't just hear things. Listen right now. I love it, love it, love it, love it. The name doesn't mean anything. The name doesn't mean anything. It has no backstory whatsoever. And maybe I'm overblowing the, the the concept of a name needing to establish some kind of meaning. Maybe you and others and people around don't care about that. That very well could be true. But something like, and I'll just use it because it's, it's a comparable uh, uh, place, Track 29. Was that a great name? No. I don't think track 29 was a great name, but the name had meaning. The name had soul. Speaking of the Tom Petty song, Keep a Little Soul. It had, it had something behind it that meant something. And so then therefore, to me, it led it lended credibility. The signal did a contest, narrowed it down to four names, which were four of the dumbest, meaningless baseless names ever, and then the, then the Signal won out. Well, of course, yeah, Signal Mountain's right over there. I get it. Signal Mountain didn't have anything to do with the name of that place. And so, again, it doesn't matter, but maybe it kind of does occasionally. And if you're trying to put together this team and you're already fighting an uphill battle because of the way you went about doing it, going behind people's backs, feeling kind of shady even though nothing illegal happened, at least not yet that we know of, and this new soccer team wants to come in here now and, and if you want to submit a name or be be a wise ass and go in there and put a you know just a troll everybody it ends today if you're listening to this on the day that this podcast drops as the kids say which is every Wednesday the 29th of August and then they'll have I don't know they have maybe a, a finals if you will I don't, I don't know I don't care um, I'm, I'm thinking the end Scenic City United is probably about as good as the name you're going to get but don't Ask the general public to vote on what your what your logo, your product is, your fight song, your colors, your mascot, your name, your brand, your identity. Don't let general people walking around decide that for you. Do it for yourself. <sighs> All right. I have this piece. It's a great piece that was posted originally by uh, Tim Kelly um, in the last couple of weeks that really kind of puts in perspective what kind of money needs to be spent to, to be able to make levels of soccer like the USL, USL D3, and Americanized versions of franchise soccer uh, teams and leagues to make them profitable Where when the point of the piece is it's almost impossible to do. I'll get to that at a later time. I didn't have time to go through it. It's like seven pages long, and I just wanted to highlight a couple paragraphs. But that means i got to read it all, which I haven't done yet. So I'll get that at a later time what else there's still some stuff i've been sitting on a shelf waiting to get to and uh, i'll get to that soon enough i appreciate you guys finding the show every single wednesday or at least that's always the goal jeff styles get a hold of me bro give me a call man we'll make you sing we'll make it work we'll become stars in this city together of course we won't do that let's just go make a couple of bucks man let's do that together we can do it i gotta go y'all take care at stone on air on all social media I love you to death. This space is as big as ever, and we will do it again next Wednesday. See you. Bye.